You are listening to Where is the Line? The stories you will hear will be depraved, disturbing, and true. If you are easily unsettled, you may find this program offensive. And if you are under the age of 18, fuck off. Police say it looks like this farm in Enumclaw was a place to have sex with animals. It was brought to their attention after a horse killed a man. Police say it was all caught on videotape. Everybody drinking blood, everybody eating brains. Some monster party. Everybody eating flesh, everybody breaking bones. Some monster party. Thank you for listening to episode three of Where is the Line? Just as a warning, uh, there's going to be a lot of discussion, sexually explicit discussion about sex with animals in this episode, along with things like anal stretching. So if you're uh, not inclined to hear about that sort of thing, if it's early in the morning, maybe if you just ate your Cheerios, you don't want those Cheerios to remind you of anything. You might want to wait till later to listen to this one or skip it all together. With me today... Again, is my friend Jamie. Say something disturbing, Jamie. Triple ripple butt plug. Triple ripple butt plug. That's a good one. It'll make sense <laughs> later. You ready to get into this episode? I'm ready. Let's do it. Been doing my anal stretching. <laughs> <laughs> In July of 2005, a 45-year-old man named Kenneth Pinion a.k.a. Mr. Hands, died from internal injuries that he obtained by receiving anal sex from an Arabian stallion that he and his associates referred to as Big Dick. I'm sure that Dick is just short for Richard. Coincidentally, though, it's said that Big Dick's penis measured in the neighborhood of two and a half to three feet in length. Have you ever seen a horse erection in real life? I'm sure I have at some point, but I don't really remember specifically. Like when I was taking horseback riding lessons, there were a couple things that people tried to like hide. <laughs> <laughs> but I really wasn't paying attention. I remember the first time I saw a horse with an erection. I grew up in the country, but like a little town in the country. So we would ride the school bus by these cow pastures and things. And uh, one day we, were, we stopped to pick up this kid. And on the other side of the bus was a horse fence, and right next to the fence was a horse with, like, this giant erection. Was he just solo? Yeah, he was just standing there. And, like, all the kids were, like, looking out the window, like, giggling and stuff. And I looked at it, and I didn't understand what I was seeing. You know, they say that, like, Native Americans, when they first saw the ships coming over from Europe, that they couldn't actually see them because these giant ships were so outside of their understanding of what exists in the world that they were just looking at the water and not seeing the ships. And I think that the horse penis was something like that for me. Like, I had to look at it for a while, and, like, my brain was just trying to, like, that's a a log tied under the horse, you know? I knew that that's where the penis was supposed to be, but I didn't, I had no idea that it was going to be that big, you know? And it just took a little while for my brain to acknowledge that that's what I was seeing. Instead, it was your Mayflower. Yeah. <laughs> it was my Mayflower. <laughs> so we're going to be doing something special for this episode. In researching this episode, we delved into that part of the Internet that you should never go to and where we met a man that we're going to call Albert. 
Albert is a man in his 60s who has a somewhat verifiable history of giving advice on bestiality forums that goes back more than a decade. He claims to be a Texas farm owner, and on this farm he cares for a number of horses. And he also regularly enjoys receiving anal sex from his stallion. Albert considers himself to be a zoo, and that's a term that you're going to hear a lot during this episode. And simply put, uh, it's a term to describe people like Albert who enjoy having sexual relationships with animals. Now, because of the anonymous nature of our conversation with Albert, we obviously can't say with absolute certainty that he's not full of shit. But because of the length of time that he's been active on these forums and because of the very high level of knowledge that he has about both farm life and the intricacies of actually engaging in bestiality, and because of how well he seems to be regarded among the online zoophile community, I'm inclined to believe that Albert's life is as he says it is. So we really wanted to interview Albert for this episode, but as anonymity is a very serious concern for him, he declined to connect with us via any type of communication that might allow us to collect audio from him. What he did agree to do, though, was to answer any questions that we had over a forum messaging system. Now, those replies that we got from Albert, along with a little bit of Albert's forum postings, will be read over the course of this show by our very accommodating friend, TJ. So as we... Yeah. <laughs> We're going to catch up with TJ as himself later. He's a method actor, you know. He spent a lot of time in horse pastures researching this part. So as we move through this story, when you hear us talk about Albert, please know that the voice you're hearing is that of a friend of ours, and that he himself, to the best of our knowledge, does not have sex with horses. So, Kenneth Pinion, a.k.a. Mr. Hands. The Mr. Hands video, which is undoubtedly the most watched bestiality video of all time, is very easily found online. Since Kenneth Pinion's death, this video of him having sex with his horse has been passed widely around the internet. It's become one of those two girls, one cup type of shock videos that people show to their friends and family so that they can post reaction videos on YouTube. Alright, we're watching Mr. Alright, we're watching Mr. Hands. Alright. Oh no! Jeez. What is he doing that for? Oh! What the hell? What? What? Is he under the horse? Despite the popularity of this clip, and also despite the media coverage that Kenneth Pinion's peculiar manner of death received, there's surprisingly very little information out there about this case, and even less about his life leading up to this incident. That probably has a lot to do with the unwillingness of the people around him to talk about their relationship with him after all of this came out. And I guess that's understandable considering the circumstances of Pendian's death. After he died from the injuries that he received from having sex with this horse, the incident became uh, kind of a media sensation. And the coverage that it received really wasn't very sympathetic to the fact that this man, Kenneth Pinion, had died. Uh, in fact, it was covered 
largely in a very joking manner. So Pinion's death just kind of became the butt of jokes for a lot of people. And I imagine that uh, family and friends didn't want to be associated with him on television. And his bestiality buddies, of course, uh, wouldn't have wanted their sexual proclivities getting out in their own community. So they also declined to comment on Kenneth Pinion. What we do know about Kenneth Pinion is that he was at one time married and he had a son in this marriage. They were eventually divorced, but he and his ex-wife seemed to have kept on good speaking terms. She would occasionally talk to Pinion over the phone and sometimes bring their son to visit his father. Kenneth Pinion at one time lived in Seattle, and at some point he was involved in a motorcycle accident. And the injuries that he received from this accident included some pretty severe nerve damage that affected or at least lessened his ability to experience certain sensations. And it's said that after this accident, because of this decreased physical sensitivity, that he began experimenting with more and more extreme forms of sexual activity. And this would have included inserting increasingly large objects into his anus. Kenneth Pinion was actually an engineer with Boeing, his employment there began in August of 1997 and continued on until his death in 2005. Yeah, that is the, the Boeing Aircraft Corporation. I think a lot of people are surprised when they learn that uh, this guy who died having sex with a horse was actually an engineer. Did that surprise you at all? No. No? No, but I could see that there's there's probably a stereotype like these Okies who are living in rural communities, not somebody who's got advanced degrees and works in a major city for a major corporation. Yeah. Yeah, I think my opinion after having gone through all this of the type of people who participate in bestiality has changed dramatically. Like you said, I, I, think, uh, I think a lot of people, and probably including myself, have thought of these as being, you know, rednecks. It's very deliverance. Yeah, very deliverance. <laughs> people who live kind of on their own out in the woods, don't have a lot of contact with, not a lot not a lot of means to find a woman. Mm, mm-hmm. So they turn to their animal friends. Uh, but it turns out, no. These people involved with sex with these horses come from all walks of life, including Boeing engineers. I'm sorry, you just reminded me. Side note. Mm-hmm. I only saw Deliverance on in the edited television form. Mm-hmm. That movie is completely different. Like after Ted Turner got a hold of it and put it on television, <laughs> it's not quite the same, you know. Yeah, I mean, in the edited version that's you know made for TV, it's it's the banjo scene, and then there's an anal rape in there, right? Right, which they completely take out. So I mean, basically, as somebody gets out of the boat to go pee, and then next thing you see, you know, uh, Burt Reynolds walking out with a wetsuit and his compound bow, and then they get into the boat and start racing. <laughs> and there's no explanation as to why <laughs> why they are running, what they're running from. Just somebody went to the bathroom and... Everybody <laughs> flipped out and took off. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> as Kenneth Pinion's sexual endeavors start becoming more and more extreme, because supposedly because of this nerve damage that he has, he starts visiting internet forums uh, about sexuality. And he eventually lands on one where men and women share stories and tips and tricks about having sex with their animals. And once someone had spent some significant time on these forums and had built up a bit of trust among their peers, 
they would sometimes meet up and uh, go buck some horses. And this still goes on now in these forums. Uh, still today, I think people are a lot more cautious now, especially since since this Mr. Hands incident. But uh, still today, if, if uh, you actually care to get on these forums, you can see relationships developing and people making plans to meet up places. At the animal brothels. Yeah, the animal brothels, which is a real thing. Uh, someone who's newly interested in bestiality will show up on these forums. Then someone with experience, like our friend Albert that we're going to be talking to shortly, for example, will start explaining to them how things are done. A dialogue will form, and once the Alberts of the forum are confident that the person with whom they're speaking is serious, and most importantly, not a cop, they might take this noob under their wing and maybe even invite him or her over for for a romp with some critters. And this is how Kenneth Pinion came to meet a man named James Michael Tate. Tate lived in a trailer on a large plot of land that was adjacent to a 40-acre farm, both of which were just outside of a town called Enumclaw, Washington. Tate was already by this time very much involved with having sex with horses and other animals, including but not limited to very large dogs. Apparently, for a lot of these zoos, dogs serve as a kind of stepping stone on their way to horses. Pinion and Tate became good friends and hung out with several other zoos in the Washington area. Uh, this farm that Tate lived on and the one that he was living near apparently became very well known in the zoophile forums for being a sex tourism destination. The guys visiting these farms and having sex with these horses, as we talked about earlier, had really eclectic backgrounds. Pinion, as we said, was an engineer with Boeing. There was a paramedic among this group, and Tate had been a truck driver, at least at one point in his life. So they apparently did not have any kind of uh, classism in the zoophile community, at least not back then. So these people would get together and have little low-key parties at James Michael Tate's place. They'd have snacks and cocktails. A lot of frozen uh, margaritas. A lot of frozen <laughs> margaritas. They'd drink a few beers, and then they'd uh, go film each other fucking horses. Tate, by the time that Pinion ended up dying, had collected over 100 DVDs worth of himself and visitors to this farm having sex with the horses uh, in the area. So there's some prep work involved when you're planning to insert something into your backside that's the size of a horse penis. And there are varying philosophies on this inside the zoo community. One resource that seems to have disseminated widely among zoos interested in horses is called Nasty Stallion's Guide to Maximum Anus Stretching. In this, it's recommended to practice with a triple ripple butt plug. Now, according to Nasty Stallion, you should only buy the medium or preferably the large because the small is a complete waste of time if you're trying to get prepared for horses. There's also, unsurprisingly, websites where you can buy variously sized dildos that are molded from real horses that you can practice with. So, Albert, do you participate in any kind of this anal stretching? No, but it's a point of view thing. Actually, many people, especially men, because they don't have anything but a small anus to work with, make things worse when they try to stretch for size. They end up with a thin, weak muscle. Kegels will help fix that. You can also take it a step further and use aids like heavy balls or weighted toys. What's possible? Well, I regularly let a full-grown horse in there 
and I still have enough grip to hold the dog. I've used Kegel since I read about it in a magazine before the internet was invented. I also drag my St. Bernard about occasionally. If you try Googling it, you might even see more entries titled Kegels for Men Than Women. So, Albert, what's your take on preparation? Look, there is nothing but a horse that can prepare you for sex with a horse. This is because a stallion has something called a flare. As he orgasms, the glands on his penis swell dramatically. An average horse's flare can reach the size of a small melon. The flare, at least the size of my guy, can put around 235 pounds of force against my gut. Now, trust us, Albert did the math on this. He wrote out the calculation for this and everything. Once he is flared, there is no way that he is coming back out until his orgasm has finished. So with the stallion, you need lots of lube, and it better be super slick. That is where the J-Lube is extra handy. Now I had to look up J-Lube. If you don't know, this is a concentrated powder that mixes with water to form a lubricant. A 10-ounce bottle of J-Lube can make up to 8 gallons of lube. It's marketed as farm supplies, and it's intended to be used for things like obstetrics examinations on larger animals. But if you browse online reviews for this stuff, it's pretty clear that a significant portion of J-Lube buyers are not using this product as the manufacturer intended. Yeah, so you can mix whatever quantity you need and get exactly the consistency that you want. What I use will be the quantity of a whole tube of KY with the slickness of three tubes of KY. So while we're in this area of conversation, I've read that horses fart a lot and that some zoos who would otherwise be into horses are turned off by them for that reason. Can you address that? Well, horses eat grass. The only way to digest grass is with the help of some bacteria that makes swamp gas. So a horse will fart methane about once every 15 minutes. If you are going to hang out with horses, you just need to get used to it. Strong contractions like orgasms will cause extra farts. If you do it just right, you can get a double fart. Albert claims to uh, be able to get a double fart. Double fart. <laughs> when you do it just right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that for pleasure, though, the, the double fart? The or is double that, fart? No, apparently. Is that something that, that works well if you're filming? I mean, is it just that added pizzazz? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I guess if you got, like, really into editing uh, horse sex videos, you know, you could, you know, falsely add in farts. Yeah, I actually pulled up a, an article that had some quotes from a Reddit user who had worked for an animal porn production company. There's some interesting stuff in there, like people... You know, fucking snake cloacas. <laughs> the videos. <laughs> it sounds like this pretty elaborate process. <sighs> These, um, you know, this animal porn production. I, I, you know, I just, I stuck with the horses. We didn't, I didn't branch really out delve. here. Yeah, I did not branch <laughs> out of the, the horses. That's enough for me. I'd be curious to know how many people who are on the forums that you were looking at mm -hmm. are also involved in, like, online dating communities that are big into horse culture. You think there's any cross-posting going on there? I bet there is. I, you know. Because, I mean, a lot of the, the horse community dating sites that are specific to that, they seem to be very heterosexual, or at least they're presenting 
as heterosexual. I mean, it basically looks like a George Strait album cover whenever you're pulling up these main pages. I don't know. Yeah, I would be interested to see what kind of crossover you have there. I bet they have code words. I bet there's like some of the people, most of the people on there are probably, you know, just genuinely like, I just like to ride horses. I want to find somebody to ride horses with. And yeah. then the, the zoophiles have like code words that they'll slip into their profile, you know. Like if like if you mention jelly beans, that means jelly that beans. means it's on with the horses. I mean, you'll get together and go sex some horses. Why jelly beans, Kevin? I don't know. This is what popped into my head. <laughs> okay. It okay. could be anything, you know. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. I want a man who likes to ride horses and eat peanut butter. And then you know. I was, you know, there was a Mr. Ed connection there, right? That's how they got Mr. Ed to talk. They just put oh, yeah, peanut butter in his mouth. Peanut yeah. butter in his mouth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that why you said peanut butter? Yeah. Oh. I was thinking of my favorite childhood horse. Getting back to Kenneth Pinion's stay at James Tate's animal sex vacation destination. So, undoubtedly armed with uh, lube of some kind, possibly having either stretched his anus or having done their Kegels, uh, Kenneth Pinion, James Tate, and the rest of this cohort would after these modest parties that they have, set out and film each other having sex with these horses. And whenever they'd capture something especially sexy in their eyes, they'd go back and post this footage on these bestiality forums that they all like to visit. Now, I've suspected for a while that this Mr. Hands video that's been circulating the internet and supposedly shows the incident that led to Pinion's death might not have actually been a video of that specific encounter. Pinion had been an active contributor in these these online bestiality forums and had supposedly uploaded several videos prior to his death. And what you see in the infamous Mr. Hands video is just a guy getting anal sex from a horse. There's there's no blood. I mean, it looks really rough to me and probably also to everybody else who's not had sex with a horse. But uh, I mean, maybe that's just the way horse sex goes. I don't know. It's the only horse sex video I've ever seen. So. So anyway, how would we know that this video of Pinion having sex with this horse is the one? But according to uh, our recent acquaintance, Albert, Albert claims that this can't be the death video because he had seen the video that's circulating as the Mr. Hands video long before Kenneth Pinion actually died. Yeah, I saw that video several years before he died, so I can state definitively that it has nothing to do with his death. We do, however, think that this video very likely does show Kenneth Pinion, Mr. Hands, and also that uh, this probably is uh, the horse known as Big Dick. It's a pretty obvious reason that I feel like that's the horse in this video. So we're going to take a look at the infamous Mr. Hands video right now. I've seen this before. Jamie believes that she's seen it before, uh, but she's not sure... I don't know it's the same one. <laughs> You're definitely going to see it now, though. Okie doke. That is a gigantic dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got way in there. Oh, that... That looks really painful. Uh, yeah. Like, seriously, that is just... 
that that is longer than my torso. Yeah, yeah man, do you think you just felt that colon pop? I don't know. I mean, I don't think any amount of anal stretching could have prepared you for that force. I don't know why. Talking about sex makes me uncomfortable. And anyway. We'll get you through this, buddy. Yeah. So <laughs> so in addition to the, the, the anal stretching, um, I've read on these forums that some of these guys will take an object like a long, thin metal rod, something long and slender. And because your uh, intestines are curvy, they'll stick that in there and kind of try to work their intestines around so that you have a more straight path through rather than curves. Okay. Why I'm wouldn't you sh- just use a dildo for that? Why a stick? Not big enough. Oh, I've seen some pretty big dildos. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple on 15th Street that are pretty close, <laughs> at least in length to that. <laughs> you spend yeah. a lot of time in sex shops, don't you? No, I don't. I feel like you've told me about... (laughs) (laughs) So, Albert, being somewhat of an expert in this area, is there anything that you can tell us about this video that might not be obvious to those of us who are not zoos? Look, I have been scratched, bitten, bruised, stepped on, fallen on, and kicked. The very first thing that animals must be taught is that humans are softer than they are and must be handled carefully. And this video nicely illustrates a careful animal. The stallion thrust into a dead end a couple of times, then found what he wanted, and walked his entire length in. The recipient reacted strongly, so the stallion withdrew before attaining full orgasm. This is the primary advantage of a horse that cares about you. A random stallion will have emptying his nuts as a first priority, and you will have no chance of overpowering him if something goes wrong. So uh, so while the, the video looks pretty brutal to us, Albert seems to see in it a horse that's accustomed to having sex with humans, that's been trained to do so, and who is making an active effort to not seriously injure this man that we're assuming is Kenneth Pinion. Did you also notice Kenneth Pinion's balls in that? I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, it looked like he had some body mod stuff going on. Yeah, um, or some serious scarring. It looked like spike inserts. Yeah, play up that, the back play that of again. His scrotum. Play that again for me. <laughs> <laughs> you want to watch it again? I just, just can we zoom in on the balls? So we're assuming that this this video actually took place sometime in the beginning or middle area of Kenneth Pinion's relationship with James Michael Tate. So after spending some time among Tate and his new zoo friends, Pinion buys a horse of his own that he intends to keep temporarily on Tate's land. A little bit later, Kenneth Pinion buys his own house in Gig Harbor, Washington for $144,000, and he has a 30-year mortgage on it. And this house came with some land of its own and a small red barn. And I don't think it's too much of a leap to imagine that Pinion had dreams of bringing his own horse there and forming a romantic relationship with it. And from an outsider's perspective, nothing would have really seemed strange or out of place about that. Uh, This area of Washington is known for horses and people who love horses in a non-sexually intimate way. So to his neighbors who might have eventually lived near him, uh, this would just be an engineer by day with a a benign interest in horses. Uh, But that dream never did materialize for Pinion before he even was able to make his first mortgage payment on this little dream home of his. He died. And so that all brings us up 
to the incident that led to Kenneth Pinion's death. In the late night hours of July 1st, 2005, Kenneth Pinion, James Michael Tate, and one other man who has never been identified publicly had their pre-horse sex party. Maybe they had a little bit too much to drink. They grabbed their lube and they set out. Pinion had wanted to have sex with his own horse that he was keeping at Tate's place, but his horse apparently was not in the mood that night. So the group went to the neighboring farm to find the Arabian stallion that they called Big Dick. They found Big Dick, and first up was Tate, uh, who got himself all lubed up and went after it. And at this time, either Pinion or that unidentified third man was filming Tate's encounter with Big Dick. They gave the stallion a, a little break, and then it was Pinion's turn. His friends filmed as this horse mounted Pinion, and then something just went terribly wrong. Big Dick's penis ruptured through Kenneth Pinion's large intestine, and Pinion began bleeding internally. So now, while there were not any outwardly visible signs of this injury, uh, the three of them must have known that something had went terribly wrong because that still unidentified third man never got his turn with Big Dick, which turned out to be uh, quite fortunate for him because he didn't end up on the films that the three of them were making that night. And because of that, he eventually escaped being wrapped up and the court proceedings, and more importantly, uh, kept his own name out of the newspapers. So knowing that Pinion had been hurt, but not knowing exactly how severely, uh, these three guys head back to Tate's trailer to recuperate. They hang out for a while, and it starts becoming obvious that Kenneth Pinion isn't doing very well. He starts sweating, and he's turning a little bit pale. I believe that Tate and the other people there were encouraging Pinion to go to the hospital, but Pinion didn't want to. And his reason for that was that he was afraid that the doctors at the emergency room would figure out what had happened. And Pinion felt that if his sexual tendencies got out, that he would lose his security clearance at Boeing and maybe even his job altogether, which is probably a, a realistic fear on his part. So hours go by, and uh, finally Pinion realizes that he's just got no choice but to seek medical help. So Tate loads Pinion up in the car, and they head off to the emergency room. And by this time, it's around 5 a.m. on the morning of July 2nd, 2005. On the way to the hospital, it, it starts becoming apparent that Pinion is in some very serious trouble. His skin's gotten even more pale, and his lips are starting to change colors. They pull up to the ER, and James Michael Tate helps Pinion inside, and then Tate just takes off. Stitches him. Yeah. We're guessing that this is because he doesn't want to be associated with what's happened to Pinion and maybe risk exposing this bestiality ring that it looks like Tate has created himself. So Pinion may have been alive uh, when he was left in the ER, but he didn't stay alive very long. Uh, before the doctors even got him out of the waiting area, he was dead. And the official cause of the death was listed as acute peritonitis due to perforation of the colon. Essentially, Big Dick's penis had ruptured Pinion's large intestine and internal bleeding began filling Pinion's abdominal cavity. Uh, James Michael Tate, as it turns out, might as well have just stayed there with his friend because... 
his car had already been caught on a security camera outside of the hospital. And it doesn't take the police very long to find him. The cops show up to Tate's trailer and find this collection that we mentioned earlier of uh, over 100 VHS tapes and DVDs with footage of Tate and Kenneth Pinion and a host of other people having sex with horses. The Enumclaw Washington bestiality ring had been busted. Just like Kenneth Pinion's colon. Just so, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so you might be thinking, all right, Tate and these guys, they're in some big trouble. Not so much as it turns out. Uh, the state of Washington at this time did not have any anti-bestiality laws. I mean, yeah, this is totally legal activity at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not after and it's not currently. Um, but, mo- yeah, most of the bestiality laws um, that actually specifically prohibit this, they took place between like 99 and 2012. And then there have been a whole slew of them in the last couple of years uh, just because these were tied to sodomy laws. And so there have actually been states where it was illegal. And because of the repeal of the sodomy laws, they've had to make it legal again and then go back and write specific laws outlawing this. So we've got basically five states now and D.C. where this is still legal. Legal. And a couple of those states actually have this up for uh, review this year. And so there'll be another bill that's voted on. West Virginia introduced legislation to make it illegal last year during the 2017 session, and it was not passed. Really? Yeah. How did that happen? I don't know. I don't really (laughs) want to go to West Virginia to find out. (laughs) You know, these bestiality rings, it's bigger than you think it is. Yeah. They might have some claws in government. There's a pun in there somewhere, too. <laughs> uh, can you talk about the court case? Yeah, I mean, I said there's, it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, they, they couldn't get them for anything related to bestiality. So essentially, you know, they investigate the animal, animal abuse aspect of this. There doesn't seem to be any. So they get them on a trespassing charge because they, they hopped a fence to go get a different horse since the horse they intended to use wasn't in the mood. So speaking of animal abuse, you, know, you said that they, they could not get these guys on animal abuse charges because uh, when they reviewed all of this footage that Tate had, it didn't appear that they were actually physically harming any of these animals. Right. And they actually, they didn't just investigate uh, the horses there. I mean, they checked out all the animals on the farm. They were checking out the chickens, uh, the sheep, just anything that was in that area. And they couldn't find any evidence of abuse. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like it's animal abuse? I hadn't really thought about that. I've been reading about this, but I haven't really formed an opinion. I mean, I'm I'm not pro-animal fucking. No. But, you know, there are these arguments that we're we're raising animals to, to butcher them for meat. Uh, boils down to consent, right? Can an animal consent to this? Because you've got a huge spectrum of this behavior, right? You've got these folks who are in monogamous loving relationships with their animal partners. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal. And then you've got folks that are really into some sadistic shit, like they're just basically torturing animals. So I think there's a big spectrum, and it's it's kind of a gray area. Uh, Before we get on to consent, Albert said something about the abuse question. I would like to add a thought on the whole abuse question. On the one hand, you have an individual, a typical pet owner, who obtains an animal bred 
to be the size of an infant human. They have the animal surgically altered to keep it from ever maturing, then attempt to force the animal into the role of a human child by keeping it in an exclusively human environment. On the other hand, you have someone like myself who keeps an animal larger and stronger than a human in an environment close to the animal's own natural environment, giving the animal medical care only is necessary to allow the animal to grow into a healthy and complete adult. This person relates to the animal by shaping himself as much as practical into the role of a member of this animal's species. Now, of those two people I described, who is abusing their animal? You have the right as an adult human to consider your dog as your child, but you cannot compel me or anyone else to give your dog the same consideration. If you doubt that, try getting the cops to investigate your dog's death. I have the right as an adult human to consider my horse as my mate. I can't compel, nor do I want to compel anyone to recognize my horse as an heir, property owner, or spouse. My feelings for my horse are between me and my horse and have no effect on anyone else outside of our pasture. All right, we're talking about dogs here. I mean, a dog-human relationship is symbiotic, right? Like, the dogs help us out, we help the dogs out. I think we're really, I mean, it kind of boils down to consent. Can this animal consent to this? Is it okay to coerce an animal, you know, into this kind of behavior by training it, by, by grooming it? Is that animal abuse? I mean, this is kind of the same argument, you know, like if you're, if you're being raped and you have an orgasm, are you, are you, does the consent really matter? I mean, it's kind of a shady argument, in my opinion. Now, there's, there's two different sects of these guys that fuck horses. There's one group like Albert and what it looks like uh, Tate and them were doing where they'll try to raise a horse, develop a, a relationship with the horse. And they view it as a more of a, a, a romantic type of relationship. You know, they lay under the stars with the horses. And oh, yeah. I have no, no doubt in my mind that these people are convinced that they are having romantic relationships with these animals and that the animals return these feelings. But there's another population of people who have sex with horses who are uh, what they refer to as fence jumpers. And so the people with the romantic relationships and the fence jumpers butt heads all the time on these forums. And so the fence jumpers, they will just kind of go out, drive around, find a horse that they think sexy, come back late at night, put mare urine on themselves or some type of pheromones, jump over the fence and have sex with somebody else's horse. Well, I mean, technically, these three were fence hoppers, too, they, at least that night. <laughs> that supposedly they are. And I mean, in the court case where Tate got charged with trespassing, right. it was said that the people who owned Big Dick did not know that this group of men was coming over and having sex with these horses. I don't know if I buy that. I mean, do you think that Tate moved next to this farm because of this horse that he saw? Or, I mean, is it really completely coincidental that you have this ring of zoophiles who happen to be living next to this farm with a horse that's hung like... You're acting like this horse is the John Holmes of horses, though. It is the John Holmes of horses. Is it, though? I mean, I think it's the John Holmes of horses in the sense that we have evidence that this horse was 
fucking some people, but I'm sure there are comparable horse dicks out there. I mean, these are guys who go on these bestiality forums looking at pictures of horse dicks and things, and they call this horse Big Dick. I mean, if you're going to call this horse Big Dick and you're going to make videos of yourself having sex with it and put them on a forum where people all the time are looking at horse dicks, the horse better have a big dick if you're going to call it Big Dick and put it on these forums. But also, like, let's think about the amount of people who are using this. We're talking about early 2000s. Forums. Mm-hmm. It's not like today when anybody can get on. We've, everybody has more internet access. You're looking at a much smaller sample when this is taking place than you would be now if you're looking at horse forums. Yeah, probably so. I still don't know if I'm buying that. Uh... You're so suspicious of this couple. <laughs> I'm suspicious of this entire <laughs> town of Enum Claw. These people like horses too much up there. <laughs> and then now deny most knowledge of, of this. Act like it's not a big deal. They yeah, the people yeah. of Enum Claw act like this never happened. Yeah. In terms of consent, did you see what Albert said about consent? So, Albert, what do you have to say about this issue of consent? Actually, there are three different answers to the consent question. Legally... There is no consent when property is involved, and animals are considered property. The only requirement is to avoid unnecessary injury or pain. Number two, morally, I choose to abide by my animal's wishes whenever it is reasonable because it satisfies me to make them happy and because it improves our relationship. And number three, practically there is no way to coerce a horse to have an erection. And trying to force a response can be extremely dangerous. So obviously you feel like your relationship with your animal is a consensual one. Can you tell us a little bit more about your relationship with your own horse to maybe add a little bit of context to this argument that you're making about consent? Speaking sexually, strength is what trips my trigger. The bigger and stronger, the better. Part of the thrill is that my sexual partner doesn't need me. He chooses me. He is an adult capable of making his own way without help and has an adult offspring equally capable, yet he chooses to stay with me and care for me. I could kill him with a gun or another tool, but I can't make him do anything he doesn't want to. He wants to please me, and I want to please him. We play games where he herds me around and we act like He is the herd stallion capturing a wild mare. And yes, horses dream. They have sexual fantasies too. He considers me his trophy mare. He will attract the attention of strange horses, then be extra affectionate with me while they watch. I believe he fancies himself a superior stud because he was able to snag a human for his band. Which camp are you in? Is this a a mental illness? Or is this just deviant criminal behavior? You know, I don't want to, because in the last episode, I said that I would eat a person, and now I do not want <laughs> I do not want to come across as a defender of bestiality. I'm absolutely not a defender of bestiality. I'm not going to stand outside a courthouse holding up a pro-zoo sign or anything. I mean, you've got a horse who is out in this pasture at night. He's just kind of like standing around, not doing anything. Some guy comes out there, takes his pants off. The horse gets off. It's fine. It's not being injured. It's probably having a better night because that happened. Is that really? The horse, the horse is having a better night? Yeah. 
how do you know that that guy who hopped the fence was any good? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're assuming that every horse ha- orgasm is the same. I don't what are you that. getting at? I don't, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, I don't know. I just think that was that was a funny thought that you know the horse gets off, so it must it must be great. Well, I mean, I mean, it's like better than just standing around in the dark eating grass and farting, you know, whatever the hell horses do at night. Practicing double farts. Yeah, there, there's a taxpayer money issue here when you're talking about enforcing this kind of thing. Everybody's gonna, for the most part, is on on board with. Oh yeah, you know, get the the dog fighting rings rounded up. People, I think, generally agree that that is bad and it's abusive, right? Yeah. Um, it seems like there's a different level, though. I mean, you're when you're talking about this horse fucking, the horse is actually the one who's doing the fucking. Yeah. I mean, even if you were inserting a penis into a, a horse, yeah, that is asshole. the ultimate hot dog down the hallway. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're talking about sheep and other animals, like our pets. I don't know. That seems like far more of a violation to me than letting a horse fuck you. But there's also, I mean, going back to this this uh, idea of the, the horse can't consent. If you're making the argument that it's okay to have sex with these horses because they have no sense of shame in what they've done, they don't feel violated after this is over with. Do you make the same argument with uh, people with reduced mental capacity? I mean, they don't feel any. I mean, let's say you have someone who's uh, essentially brain dead and you have like guys who go into this hospital room and rape this brain dead woman. She doesn't know what's happened. She's not ashamed of it. It's not affecting her mentally. It's not affecting her in any way at all. But I think hands down, every person that you asked about that would, would consider that abuse. Yeah. And what I'm wondering about myself is why, I mean, and I too would, I mean, obviously I consider that abuse and a jailable, you know, stone somebody offense if you were to do something like that. Why, though, do I feel so strongly against that and not so strongly against these people having sex with these horses? You've been reading a lot on these forums mm-hmm. where you're getting a lot of uh, sympathetic responses from other people that are in this community. You, I, I'm assuming that you skipped over all of the the websites where someone would post something and then you get a whole slew of answers about how you're an evil person. I mean, I think you just got too deep into this. <laughs> I did get way too deep <laughs> into this. We, we had originally talked, or we, not originally, but we had talked earlier today about making this a two-part episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I can't do it. I cannot spend another fucking week Reading about horse fucking. (laughs) Reading about horse fucking. I never watched any of the videos. I mean, the video that we watched, the Mr. Hands one, Mm -hmm. the forum has a ton of videos on it. And I just, I never got into it. I just, uh, I I mean, I really didn't. I would totally fess up to doing that. I absolutely would fess up to doing it. Oh, I know you would. I didn't. (sighs) Yeah, I don't really need to watch any more horse fucking videos No, I don't either. I think I am full up. So the aftermath of uh, this whole incident with Kenneth Pinion dying. Pinion was cremated. After he died and the, his name got released in the news, Boeing released a memo to all their employees to not discuss Kenneth Pinion with the media. James Michael Tate's residence gets surveyed by Jenny Edwards, who founded a local rescue organization called Hope for Horses. They essentially show up to see what condition these animals are in that are on James Michael Tate's uh, property. And when they get there, they find circumstances that are unusual. 
these these pens where where Tate's keeping these horses have some odd devices in them that uh, Tate explained later had to do with uh, having sex with the horses. And Jenny Edwards uh, noted some strange behavior of the animals. But then a weird thing happened. This little mini came up and got up under and started giving the stallion a blowjob. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen, ever. (laughs) Miniature horse who just gives random blowjobs. Yeah, so this miniature horse (laughs) is giving blowjobs to a larger horse. You know, I I wonder, you think that was something they actually trained them to do, or is this just... Yeah, I mean, like, you go to the dog park, who knows what the hell the dogs are going to be doing to each other, you know? It, it might have been coincidental. Yeah, but isn't, most of the time, when you go to a dog park and you see, you know, some humping going on, it's, it's just really dominance play. Yeah. But the dogs are just kind of asserting themselves. You're giving a horse a blowjob, that's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's probably not coincidental. No, they they train this. I mean, but they, they train this animal to to give blowjobs to to the larger horses. Also, how do you do that? I mean, do you just put like peanut butter on the bigger horse's dick and see what happens. Is there a manual for Maybe, this? Somewhere? I'm sure there is. I mean, <laughs> we talked about earlier Nasty Stallion's Guide to Anal Stretching with the right, triple right. butt plug. So that really just a, seemed like there's a, a guide a, for that. A butt plug plug, honestly. I feel like, yeah, it's a butt plug plug. I mean, I feel like Nasty Stallion is actually just an intern who works at this sex toy company trying to just increase sales. Yeah, we're too— Put it on a resume. We're too early along to get sponsorships for for these episodes. However, (laughs) triple ripple butt plug. Yeah, I could be reading an ad for triple ripple butt plugs right now. So, yeah, Jenny Edwards and her husband came in and rescued— the animals, and took them off the property. So after uh, after Tate gets his animals confiscated, he moves to Tennessee, trying to keep his head down. Doesn't work. Tate gets photographed by a neighbor having sex with a horse in Tennessee. So Tate and two other individuals get charged with animal cruelty because Tennessee, at this time, does actually have anti-bestiality laws. Right. One of the people that Tate got busted with was a woman. I looked this woman up on a Facebook, and she, at the moment, is running a animal sanctuary in Tennessee. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting, though, because when you look at studies about, you know, the breakdown of people who are actually participating in this behavior, the men far outweigh the women. They do. Yeah. But there are women involved in this. Yeah, I think they had that 70s study, uh, 1.9% of women in the U.S. had participated in some sort of sexual act with an animal. 1.9% of women in the U.S. have participated in a sexual act That's with what that 70s study suggested. But it said any sexual act, and also it doesn't differentiate between animals. So I mean, we're talking about the giant umbrella that is animal sexual activity. I'm trying to think what that could include that would not shock me that that number was that high. You think 1.9% is high in terms yeah, of like sexual almost, fetishes? A hundred people, if you meet a hundred women, two of them have had some kind of sexual relationship with an animal. Okay. But for people who are actually like women who are participating in any kind of sexual act with, with an, an animal? animal, yeah, that doesn't seem high to me. Really? 
Oh. It seems very odd to me. I less, mean, I would think less that, that would 2%? be a, I would think it would be a fraction of 1%. I think I saw you wearing a t-shirt the other day that said I am the 1.9%. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're mistaken, but I want that t-shirt now. <laughs> we'll sell it on our web store. I am the 1.9%. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and so this, so we're approaching the end of the story, but this is the point where it gets weird. I have no idea what's coming next. Oh, this is getting weirder. <laughs> um, while James Michael Tate is in prison in Tennessee, there is a man named Douglas Spink who starts calling this prison over and over and over. Now, Douglas Spink has already had his run-ins with the law. And he's in Washington at this time, and the police are looking for a reason to raid his property. Now, Spink at one time had been a, a multimillionaire. He had bought and sold a lot of small companies in the 90s and made his fortune that way. Now, while he had all of this money, he developed a lot of uh, thrill-seeking behavior. He liked to do base jumping. And it's also said that Douglas Spink is uh, on the spectrum in terms of Asperger's. He eventually loses his fortune, goes broke, then regains it by becoming a drug kingpin. Douglas Spink gets arrested in 2005, having in his possession... $34 million worth of cocaine. And so now this man, for some reason, is trying to get in touch with James Michael Tate in prison in Tennessee. So the cops use this as justification to raid Spink's property. And on the property, they find dozens of dogs, horses. They claim that they found mice slathered in Vaseline. That sounds like bullshit It to me. does sound like <laughs> bullshit. The county sheriff's office euthanized the mice, and I believe they found homes for the, the dogs and the horses. Why did they euthanize the mice? What else are you going to do with them? I mean, who wants that? I mean, they're mice. Were they, like, fancy rats or something? I guess they could have just let them go. Oh, here's a quote from the county sheriff's office. They said, uh, we euthanized the mice because we realized that nobody would want any mice that's been running around in buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> I made that up. That's not true. I know. <laughs> I enjoyed it, though. <laughs> so when Spink was arrested in his animal brothel uh, that's near the Canadian border, with him was a British man, a 51-year-old tourist, uh, apparently a sex tourist, who had come to visit Spink to have sex with these animals that Spink owned. Yeah, apparently he's still at it. He was involved in a case in which he was accused of kidnapping a dog in Washington State. And it the dog's name was Genghis. Genghis, yeah. But yeah, it looks like he, you know, started feeding this dog a year in advance before he actually lured the dog away from the property. Hmm. So he had the hots for Genghis. For a while. For a while and was, was working on that, just doing the groundwork. So if you're hoping that uh, horse fucking was... Some small-time endeavor only enjoyed by very few peculiar people. You're wrong. Large groups of people who enjoy sex with horses, animal brothels. It runs all the way up to drug kingpins. Millionaire drug kingpins, animal sex tourism, people coming from all over the world 
to the United States to have sex with horses. So that brings us to the end of this Mr. Hands episode. In preparation for this episode, Jamie and I watched a documentary called Zoo that was about this Enumclaw horse sex scandal. In that documentary, they did this really interesting, very meta thing where they had one of the actors who was recreating some of the scenes from this actually appear in the documentary and talk about what it was like to be in a documentary about horse sex. Uh, And we're going to do something very similar to that with TJ. We're going to talk to TJ and let him tell us how he felt about reading these lines that we got from Albert on one of those bestiality forums. Before we do that, though, we should let you know that we did not let TJ see the script that he was going to be reading before he got here. So before we talk to TJ, let's hear a clip of the first time TJ tried to read through some of these lines. Albert, do you participate in any kind of this anal stretching? (laughs) God damn it. There is absolutely no fucking way that I can... So how do you feel about uh, reading these... Reading Albert's thoughts on uh, sex with horses. Uh, I thought it was very interesting and uh, pretty funny. Is it what you expected when I asked you to come over and do that? Uh, no, absolutely not. And I've never seen the Mr. Hands video, so I uh, I had no clue what the answers or questions were going to I thought he'd be more defensive, honestly, about his uh, lifestyle, but he was really open about it and had his point of view for sure do you want to see the mr hands video oh no <laughs> i've promised myself i will stop watching you're not gonna do it horrible internet video there's no blood what do you think about albert's arguments there Ooh, like the consent stuff it does seem like yeah a horse probably isn't going to screw anything it doesn't want to screw so these are guys who just take their pants off and stand in front of a horse and let the horse stick it in there. Yeah, the horse walks away from the whole transaction in pretty good shape, I would say. Yeah. They're not, you know, being fought or, you know. And I I mean, They're just getting off, essentially. I mean, that's about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I can't see the... I don't want to, I don't want to like say I don't have a problem with that, but I kind of don't have a problem with that. No, but I, at the same time, I, does it, does it change if you flip the genders? Like if a guy is it just. It does change if you flip the genders, I think. Yeah, I think so too, right? Because you could. Of the horse. Yeah, yeah, just flip the gender of the horse. Yeah. Well, I actually, you know, I don't know. Wait, I mean, okay, so like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you're saying that if you, if there's a guy on horse, with, with the horse, the guy on the receiving end, legit. But dudes takes dick in horses, butt or vagina. Mm-hmm. That's out of line. I think this might be where I'm at. Actually, I know so much more about this than I'm comfortable with, <laughs> and it's information that's not ever going to leave my brain. A lot of these people in preparation will like stick like poles up their butt and start moving their intestines around so they can get them straightened out. That's a, some insane prep. I don't think I've ever fucked around with my intestine tract before. 
I'm about to turn 40 in a couple years, so like maybe I'll have to get a camera shove up there or something. That'd be about it. I turned 40 in May. It's already been mentioned to me that I'm, I'm getting the colonoscopy age. Before I go get a colonoscopy, I need to follow the Nasty Stallions guide and go get one of those triple ripple butt plugs and get all get all stretched out before I go in. And then like, they'll come in with a camera and it'll just like clang around. Like, they don't even have to use any They just shine a flashlight in yeah, there. Yeah, they just hold up a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> just come out with uh, stretched out butt. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> God, isn't there isn't that a, it's the subsection of porn? The gaping, maybe? Gaping. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, that's gaping. There were always so many of those that, like, I don't believe really existed. Like the uh, gorilla face. Never seen it in a video or anything. There may be a video of this. It takes insane prep. This is... You shave some of your pubic hair off, save that, put it in a bag. <laughs> I see where this is going. Then you come shot on the face. Then you dip into the bag of pubic hair and then <laughs> toss it on their face. It sticks to the cum. That's awesome. And then they have a, they have a hairy face and you, you say, gorilla face, and take a selfie. I don't know. Man. Selfie. <laughs> <laughs> As far as talking about sex, I'm weirdly sexually repressed. We didn't talk about sex much growing up. And so, like, I can watch videos of people getting, like, their faces ripped off and skinned alive and beat with limbs. Oh, God. The shit that the Mexican cartels are doing now is... Oh, they have, like, a YouTube page or anything? No, just some shit comes out every now and then. You know, growing up, I watched all these faces of death things, and the stuff that the cartels are doing are just... I mean, like, where we are now with, like, death videos is like what Seattle did to rock music in the 90s. <laughs> I mean, the cartels are just fucking, they just took the shit to a whole nother level. That's horrible that that's, those videos are being produced. There's I mean, a video. I saw, and like, it's even like, I'm doing this. This whole horse fucking thing. I'm going to watch the video of this guy. The horse fucking is a break from the murder, apparently. That's <laughs> kind of a nice retreat from... Horrible deaths. I mean, not that Mr. Hannon's death wasn't unfortunate, but, I mean, at least he was doing what he loved. He wasn't a victim of a Mexican cartel or a crazy ex-housewife or anything. I saw a description for one the other day, and I didn't even watch it, but apparently what happens is this one is that they cut these guys' arms and legs off and beat them with them. Yeah. Wait, did... I mean, ideally, he probably bled to death before he wasn't, like, beat to death. Here's the thing, though. If it were me and you, we'd pass out. Yeah. But apparently all these cartel guys are on meth, oh, so they no. stay conscious through all this shit. Jesus. They're getting like their—they're literally getting their faces ripped off. They're cutting their arms and legs off and beating them with the limbs. And What's they're not the, passing out because they're all hopped up on meth. What's the crime that you could possibly have pulled on the cartel to have your limbs torn off and beaten to death by? <laughs> no. They probably gave somebody one of them— Sex gorilla thing. <laughs> you gave my daughter a gorilla face. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Where is the Line? If you made it through all of the triple ripple butt plugs and anal stretching, we do appreciate it. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or whereistheline.net, and we'll see you again in two weeks. This is Jamie reminding you to help control the animal population. Have your pet spayed and neutered. <laughs>
See ya. Kids, when you